Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 78 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Monday, May 24th, and we are less than a week away from AEW Double or Nothing 2021. Yeah, and we wanted to do something a little different, or at least I did. I kind of wanted to do like a free-form podcast, whatever you define that as. So it's just kind of... We don't really have a structure. We want to do some predictions. We're going to talk about New Japan. I know we had the, the show last week, and the show was pretty good, obviously. Like, Christian Cage wrestled, met Matt Seidel, set up the match against, or uh, with Team Taz, you know, the whole feud they're doing. He's going into that big battle royal, and, you know, Hangman's taking on Brian Cage. You know, it kind of set up last week every match that's going to happen on Sunday. And then you have Late Night Dynamite. Late Night, Friday Night Dynamite. I think it's this live week. on Friday, 10 o'clock. Yeah. So you got live 10 o'clock Friday Dynamite. I mean, so we're not going to do another podcast and another one after. You know, it's just so let's do some predictions right now. Let's, this is like double or nothing pay-per-view week. Like, this is good. This is exciting. The biggest show of the entire year, well, supposedly, even though all the pay-per-views are equal. We got TBS news that we haven't talked about yeah. yet. We have no IWGP heavyweight champion. It's just freeform, man. So this might be a disaster <laughs> without no, the no structure. structure. But we're gonna we're gonna give it a go. So of course we got to do our predictions. Yeah, we'll, we'll down, do predictions first. Run down the double or nothing card. So as you already mentioned, uh, the perfect lead in, we've got the Casino Battle Royale, which I think you just got to give it to Christian Cage. Yeah, and some people think that's gonna be predictable. But as we've talked about how many times, AW does predictable things, but sometimes predictable things are right things. Yeah, I was going through a lot of this card, and I have a feeling we'll be agreeing on a lot of the the winners here. But again, predictability isn't always bad when it's what the story dictates and it's what the people want. Yeah, I mean, with with Christian, obviously, I I, I guess the process is that you know he comes in here during Revolution, right? That was the pay per view he could sign, he debuts, so he's got to get himself back in the ring. He's got to get comfortable. He's got a new ring, and we've only seen what. Three matches? Two matches thus far? Matt Seidel, Kaz. Will Hobbs. There's Will been, Hobbs. been a handful. A handful. But, but, you know, you have Christian kind of getting back in. He's got the rhythm going. He's cutting promos every week. There there are factors that I guess we don't talk about. One, he's a WWE wrestler. The ring is different than the AEW ring. Totally different environment. Different ring, different ropes, different wrestlers, different style. I mean, I mean Christian is, is kind of got to catch up to the game here a little bit. He's been out for a minute. So you got to get him, you know, and now you got a summer coming up. I think it makes sense. I mean, I, I think that Christian Cage is going to win this battle royal. Well, I think it's also a good way, again, to throw the rankings to the wayside. He wins this match. You don't have to worry about him climbing his way to number one. He can challenge Kenny at any point in time, or story-wise, it makes sense, too. Yeah, I'm not against Christian winning the title if that's the way they want it to go. They're not, not going a, to go that way, but, but I'm no, not, not at all. It. I, I don't. I mean, he's a full-time wrestler. He's not a part-time guy. I mean, yeah, he's a little older, but I mean, he's on a multi-year contract here. I anticipate him wrestling here for the next three years. No, I think he's he's in it for the long haul. So he's, I, he's I don't here, see yeah. any reason why Christian Cage becoming AEW World Champion even for a short stint is not uh, prestigious. You know, it, it's something you talked about. Jericho made a comment that it's the most protected belt in the business. Now, I'm not saying that it isn't. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to. You have to have these long reigns to show that, but. You know, Christian Cage is top tier talent, Hall of Famer, wrestling legend, no doubt. So I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. So yeah, I think with that one, it makes sense. It's kind of cut and dry. I think the crowd will be excited. Fifty five hundred people, full capacity. Don't think they've sold out all the tickets yet. But you know, it's difficult. You've been running all these shows in Daly's place. You run them every week or every two weeks or so live. You run the pay-per-views live. You have people coming to these shows. I know it's not full, but it's tough to sell tickets in the same venue over and over and over and over again. Well, I was thinking about that, like imagining if we were in a circumstance where 
we had shows every week here in Jersey and it's like we would do everything we could to get there but at what point would we maybe have to give our wallets a break Right, and it's smart that they were doing like bundle packages. You buy oh, this, sure. you buy that, whatever it was. You get a month bundle at some point. But yeah, you're right. It's it's very very challenging to do that when you're nationally syndicated. If you weren't on television, because it's the same thing with football, right? It's like, you know, it, again, it, it's it's not, but it, it sort of is. It's the same thing about football. You buy season tickets to watch the Giants, or so you mm-hmm. go even higher. We'll go to the Patriots, right? New England. You go to Buffalo. It's yeah. free. Now, Buffalo is passionate fans, but it's freezing cold. You know, sometimes these games, and Buffalo's a very good team now, but Buffalo wasn't a good team for quite some time. And you have these games in December and January where it's, you know, sub-teens, and it's snowing, and the team's only won three, four games, and you're playing another team like Miami's only won three, four games. I'd rather sit at home and watch it on my television. Uh, those conditions that can you know? make it less than ideal. And, to, you know, same thing with Dynamite, like you said. It's like I, I can watch it at home in live HD on TNT. Why am I spending or shelling out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to watch a television program? No, don't that, get me wrong. We we would do it. Uh, to a point. But, yeah. You know, they give you a lot of shows sometimes that are kind of, eh. Some are good, some are not, you know, depending on the car. But now they're touring. You got the, I believe Miami's going to sell out. I, I heard that. Like, Texas is going to sell out. So, I mean, this is going to be exciting. Come July, this show's going to be on the road. And they're going to have capacities ready to go. I mean, this is going to be exciting. And we are still on track for our Newark show, uh, September 15th. Tickets are on sale. Uh, looks like it's open venue. Like, open capacity capacity yeah they announced today the jets and giants announced today for new jersey that metlife stadium will be at 100 percent. oh i didn't see that starting june 4th wow so they'll be ready for the regular season i think i think every team i believe every team in the nfl is at 100 percent capacity i believe it's so. exciting it, fe- it it feels it feels good it feels like we're back in the swing of things and i know we keep saying this week after week but um Things are starting to turn around here, but that's going to be the Casino Battle Royale. I think we have a Joker spot again. Yeah. I've, I don't I've know no who idea. that will be. Paul White. Stop. No, he's doing commentary, I thought. He's just going to get up off the table. Hell yeah. Giant returns. The Yeti. No. Why not? He's like retired. He can come back. Does that ruin his legacy? Moving right along, though, next up on the card, we have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. And again, this is a singles match for what? For, Just for nothing? For I, I avenging mean, look, his loss, it, I guess? I guess. Again, it was a stall tactic to get to whatever they were getting to regarding Adam Page, which is disappointing because, again, I think Adam Page is the complete an absolute future. Oh, 100%. And the idea that we don't want to miss the boat, yet at the same time we don't want to do it too soon, is kind of this Adam Page thing. So you create this, like, very fluky kind of artificial stalling story that kind of delays when Kenny Omega challenges Adam Page. You don't want this to happen because you don't want Kenny Omega to have to lose right now because he's in the middle of this thing. So you kind of do this crappy stall story, and I'm sorry, I, I don't like it. And now he's got to avenge it against Brian Cage on pay-per-view, even though we got the match on free television. I, It's fine, two great wrestlers. Singles match. Team Taz, Dark Team Order. Taz I mean, that's versus, all you know, cool. The whole thing. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm taking a hangman win here. Yeah. And, and, I'm sure you know, the match Ricky will Starks be good. Still out. Yeah, the match will be fine. Um, it just feels like it's for nothing. Kind of a throw on. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, yeah, Adam Page, I think, for both of us. Then we'll have tag team action, but not for the championships. We'll have Darby and Sting versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And so, this is not cinematic. Yeah, this is surprising, but I, I guess you have Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Darby Allen in this match, and this is irrelevant of Sting, but you got three guys who are going to have a great match. So regardless of what Sting does, those three individuals are going to have a great match. So, sure. I mean, you're, you're supporting, the supporting cast around Sting is impressive. So I, I think for this, it's, we'll get minimum Sting, minimal Sting, we'll get a lot of Darby, 
We'll get a lot of that build-up, that kind of simpy where these two guys working heels, holding Darby back. I mean, as long as it's traditional, it's not Tornado or anything like that. You'll kind of have it where Darby's kind of working. You'll get a couple hot tags to Sting. Match will be good. I mean, look, Sting and Darby are going full as a tag team, right? They're going full. So let's just see him do it. Sting's back in the ring. Let's see what happens throughout the summer. Let's see what happens by All Out. I'd like to see an Ethan Page Scorpio Sky win here, though. I think that would be the right move. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know that they like to Darby, they they like to protect Darby on a little bit, and but and you got Sting, but I, I think this is the right move. They won the cinematic match. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky kind of need a little momentum behind them. I think <laughs> That's it the will hurt it, Darby it, to lose this one. It'll only benefit Scorpio and Ethan Page to win it. That's the thing. If they lose, where do they go from here? What was this? Like you said, they need the momentum. Like, why did we do this? I, I agree. So, yeah. And if, Moxley and, and if Moxley and Kingston take the tag team titles later in the evening, they need a heel team to go after. Or have a heel team go after them, vice versa, you know. But you have that happen, so, I mean, it makes sense across both sides that this could happen, so. Should be a great match nonetheless, though. So, as a prediction, I'm going to take Darby Allen and Sting. I'm going to take... Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page gonna try to will it into existence. Not, right. It, it's not that I don't want Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page to win. It's I just feel like they're gonna try to give you that like yeah, fifty five hundred people in the arena, that good feeling, stings back, sting wins this type is, of thing. Oh, well, it's not his first match because he had the the cinematic one, but it's his first in ring match. So yeah. Then we've got. Cody versus Anthony Ogogo. So they've really tried, I, I guess because the audience ourselves, we had this conversation on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We kind of shit on the Cody promo, you know, vice versa, start restarting the Revolutionary War. They've been doing a lot of damage control. That's what I'm going to call it. It's damage control. So they've had Anthony Ogogo really stepping up and going after the Cody, going with the representation of his British heritage and, and kind of talking about his country. And, and you know, they, they really had him playing it up heavy. Does it make it better? Yes. Like, it does it's, help. It's helped, it helps. Yeah. Is it artificial? Yeah. I mean, it's still an artificial thing. I mean, you have Cody versus Anthony Gogo on pay-per-view. You had the feud with QT Marshall. Yet we blew that off at Blood and Guts, and now one of the pupils of QT Marshall is getting the pay-per-view match it's in a, a story that really didn't get there, and they've had to kind of, I'm not backtrack, but kind of like, you know, at least they had a, at least they had time to kind of correct it, like to kind of add some fire to it. It doesn't make it much better. I'm not a fan of this one. I think that, I think, depending on what you're going to do, I think Cody's going to win, but if you look at a go-go and say, hey, look, I think this guy's ready, that he's not super green, he doesn't need a lot of time to build his matches, then maybe he gets the victory. I was going to say, I feel like regardless of how we feel about the the story and the match itself, it's a great highlight for a go-go to be put in this position, but... Does it feel like he has to go on pay-per-view? Could we have built this up to the way that Cody wrestled Shaq, like on a no, big no, show? No, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I think I think the Agogo and QT Marshall um, matches should have been flipped. That's a bigger blood feud. That should have been saved for the pay-per-view, QT versus Cody. But, you know, Agogo is getting this chance. And like you said, if, if this is going to springboard him into... Um, you know, a more prominent role on the roster that I'm not necessarily opposed to, uh, for, you know, for the future implications. But I feel like this is going to be a Cody win also. It also depends, though, because Agogo, he's a professional boxer. He's an Olympic. I, I like him. Yeah, I like what we've seen of him. He's an Olympic boxer. But he's not particularly intimidating enough that if he's really that green that he is warranting slots on the main card against guys. And I, I mean this in all honesty, and it's just, just a wrestling kind of conversation here, is that you have a lot of guys on the AEW roster that aren't getting enough screen time. And we're going to talk about this. I don't know if this one's coming up next, but you'll have Lance Archer at some point. But the 
situation with the go-go is if he's really, really green, he's had quite some time now to build his match with Cody. Obviously, QT's his buddy. You know, breaking the wall down a little bit. QT's his buddy. I'm sure they're going up to the Nightmare Factory. I'm sure they're training. I'm sure they're putting this match together. I'm sure they did the same with Jade Cargill in the shack, and they really worked hard to put this match together. So, But is a go-go ready? If he's, if he's ready, I'm all for it. But if he's really green, and we're going to kind of throw him into this spot over some of the other guys that really are going to put on better quality matches, it's not... And this this is an offense to a go-go because again he's an Olympic boxer, a legitimate legitimate fighter. But wrestling has been an appearance-based business, so guys like Goldberg can get away with being a little more green. Guys like Braun Strowman because they're big physical monsters, where a go-go might not be able to get away with that if you're having him wrestle traditional styles of match. Now if he's going to go out there and just punch, 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 you know going to be tough to match with them. You can sell the story that way. They kind of used to do that back in the day. WWF, WCW, they kind of used to do that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a Russo thing. But if that's how you want to tell the match, I don't I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes of it. That's why I just think Cody's going to win. I Cody's done crap for six months. I mean, I you know, it's free-form talk here. I mean, Cody's done crap for six months. I loved the QT Marshall story. I loved the feud. I liked the angle. I just feel like we didn't get anything out of it. And I I can't really put my finger on why. Maybe it was the QT Marshall aspect. Maybe it was the way that they used the QT Marshall story. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago too. You have this badass guy who attacks Cody, slams him on the steel steps, throws the paint all over the wall, then he comes out like a chicken shit heel. Like the whole thing just kind of... I don't know, lost me a little bit. It's not that it was bad. I, I loved the angle. It, just, it, it never really delivered, and we got the match on Blood and Guts. Good match, but we got it on Blood and Guts, and it kind of never felt complete. Now we have the Anthony Ogogo thing that kind of came out of left field. I feel like the story kind of started hot and then fizzled out a little bit. Like, it never really got going. Yeah, I, I don't... Look, it, it is what it is. I, I, I can't say that I've been a fan of what Cody's been doing over the past six, eight months. You know, unfortunately, since he lost the belt to Darby Allen, I I haven't really followed much of what Cody's been doing. I mean, I know he's been busy. He's got the reality show. Brandy's pregnant. He's, you know, he's got a lot on his plate. So he's got a lot of things he has to deal with. He's still an executive, and he's still trying to tell stories. He's still trying to get people over. He's still got his own school with QT Marshall. So, I mean, there's a lot that Cody's doing. He's got a lot in his plate, but the stuff he's been doing on television has been lackluster, unfortunately. It just hasn't piqued my interest. It's been a lot of Cody wrestling kind of smaller name guys, not really giving anybody feuds to kind of Go by the mention. I mean, wrestled Penta for two weeks. You know, kind of climax with QT Marshall sooner than expected. I don't know. It, Cody's got a lot going on. Yeah, uh, this is one that I'm not super excited about, but it is what it is. Um, on the other side, though, a match that I'm very much looking forward to, I think maybe one of the ones I'm most excited for is Lance Archer versus Miro. For the TNT Championship. Lance Archer's great. Lance Archer has not done anything in AEW. I, I can't think off the top of my head. A bad Lance Archer match. Lance has been great. I think the, the one gripe that I had was... His debut, right? I felt it was anticlimactic with him just kind of walking through the crowd. Right. But I think I mean, that was... And that's so silly to think about now. Like, he, he just, he fits in perfectly. I love everything he's done. And, and what more? Makes, it makes no sense because, you know, you, he's given you everything, essentially. He's told you great stories. He's got a great character. But they can't decide what they want to do with him. The booking's been bad. He's always been put in these matches where he's basically pre-positioned to lose. And that's the one thing I... I'm super excited for this. I think it's going to be a, a banger, but 
It's like it's another Archer loss. Yeah, he's not going to beat Miro. So I'm going to take Archer. I'm just kidding. I'm going <laughs> to take Miro. I'm going to take Miro. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Miro in this. I think this is going to be great. Two athletic big men. I love Miro. I love Lance Archer. But Archer's the kind of guy where it's like, you know, you see some of the stuff that Cody's doing. Now, Cody can't feud with Archer all the time, but you see some of the stuff that Cody's doing. You see some of the matches they put on. And unfortunately, it's like, you have a lot of guys. You're putting over these these talents, these younger talents. I get it, but none of these guys are signed to your program. Cody's guys are, but you know you have like guys like JD Drake wrestling Darby Allen on television. I mean, none of these guys are signed to your brand. Like, why is Kip Sabian not challenging Darby Allen for the title and have a 25 minute matches? You know, like you. You're letting money walk out the door because you're spending it on these guys, putting over these guys who aren't going to make you any money, who you're letting go back on the indies. I don't feel like they're doing enough with the talent that they currently have on the roster. They're utilizing too much outside of those boxes. Well, now, I mean, we finally have that third hour coming. AEW Rampage. Yes, and that, we'll talk about that. It, well, it's freeform. So yeah, I mean, here we go. <laughs> you know, they're going to TBS. 10 p.m. Friday nights. But starting, starting in August. I believe August. Yeah. They're going to be getting Rampage on TNT, 10 p.m. on Friday night. It's a tough slot. But it's not going to be live. So at least if they film it, if they go back on tour starting in July, right, and they start filming... The show with the Dynamites, you're going to get a live crowd, hot crowd, full arena for Rampage, Friday nights, it'll be on TNT, moving to TBS, new contract TBS. Yeah. I know you weren't thrilled about the time slot, but what what are we doing at 10 p.m. on a Friday? I mean, we're just, you're playing video games, I'm crafting, like, I feel like... You're thinking about it too literally you. No, I, that, I was just saying relative to us. I, I wasn't complaining relative to us. I was complaining relative to everybody else. It's it's not a good time slot for your main demographic, which is like the 35 to 45 audience. You know, I mean, right in that, that heartland of the age brackets, you're taking the time slot and saying, hey, we're going to start opening up bars. We're going to start yeah. opening up activities. We're going to have sports games, venues. All these things are going to get back to where they were before. And you're going to take a show and throw it at 10 o'clock p.m. on a cable station, not a network station, a cable station. That's going to be a tough slot. I mean, I don't anticipate. The first couple shows will do well. But I think they got to be thrilled that they get half a million viewers every week. But the goal, again, of getting them over to TBS, we'll talk a little bit about TBS now, right? It's freeform. We'll talk about TBS. What do you guys think about TBS? Statistically, it's a better program, right? Statistically. I like the idea of them not having to move for the NHL or for NBA. Um, I think TNT was a good home, but I feel like this AEW can, like, cement themselves on that's the hope it'll definitely be their show there's nothing else on tbs outside of march madness or the playoffs which are just kind of spot things nba playoffs um, i'm sorry mlb playoffs i apologize kind of those are like spot things that happen sporadically throughout the year they're not guaranteed so tbs will be the aew show live wednesdays 8 to 10 rampage 10 to 11 that's i mean that's exactly what you ask for but you have a station in TBS that's done jack shit for 20 fucking years. You got everything that TNT and Warner's ever done is basically hyping up TNT, getting all your major expensive sport platforms on there. So moving to TBS feels shitty. It feels like they lost. It feels like they gave up. Like that TNT or Warner says, look... We haven't been able to grow your audience base in two years. You have a guaranteed wrestling audience. This is not disrespectful. I don't mean it this way. You have a guaranteed wrestling audience. You have a million viewers every week. We can move you to T- we can move you to TBS. They're going to follow. That guarantees us a million viewers on TBS watching your program live. 
You don't have to have lead-ins. You have a fan base. Your fan base will follow you. They'll lose a little bit, give or take, depending. But they have a million fans that watch them on average every single week. They'll move to TBS. They'll have a million fans that watch them on average every week. NHL's in trouble. They way overpaid for a sports company. I like hockey that gets 300,000 viewers in some of these games. So what they need to do for hockey is they need to give them life support. And they need to bring them back from the dead. So putting them on TNT. Well, and that's Wednesday Night Rivalry. Them, right, so. getting them involved with, with the NBA and trying to associate that these guys are on the same level as this one. Trying to introduce an NBA audience to the NHL games, which NHL is a great sport. Hockey is a great sport. NHL is great. I, I wasn't a hockey fan. I met you, you introduced me to it, and I said, well, I missed out on how this might have my life. Yeah, hockey's fun. Playoff hockey, nothing ho- better. I mean, it really, it, hockey is great. So, you you spent a lot of money, you overpaid for this crap, and now you got to put this thing on life support. AEW is guaranteed to give you a million viewers. You bring in the TBS, you make TBS somewhat relevant now, now everybody will tune over to it. You're going to pay them buku bucks to do the move. Now they're making profit. I Financially, I think it's, right. it's obviously it's great. So Because you got to think about their original contract and what the new contract is going to be. It's not even an extension. So Tony can shop, which is even better. Tony's getting buku bucks now. Now he's going to make profit with all these big talents he's signed that he had to pay. Think about that. I mean, look at all these guys he's just brought in he had to pay, right? Now, so I now, think this opens. I think this opens opportunity. In 2024, he can shop. And networks are going to come in with big money. I mean, we're looking $300 million next contract. So, I mean, look, it could even be more than that by then. You never know. You never know what the brand's going to be. you got four shows coming, like Clash of Champions shows on TNT. So you have four, in essence, eight pay-per-views. I love that, yeah. Right? You have eight pay-per-views. Titles are going to move a little bit better. You're going to have great feuds. You're going to build up quicker. You're not going to have so many dead shows because you kind of have to have things happening all the time. you got the extra hour. This is great for them on paper. It really, It's really not a bad move. It, it has a sour taste. Because TBS is like a dead fucking station. It just feels like, oh, we'll just throw you on some reruns between Big Bang Theory and a couple of new episodes of American Dad. But it's like a sitcom station, right? That's kind of what it feels like. TNT's this hard line, you know, but look, we all know AEW's had their faux pas. And we enjoy it, we watch it every week. TBS, though... It's a little more lenient, right? You kind of have that, like, since TBS is more of a television show network, it's a little more lenient. You know, you have these little faux pas. You know, the executives, I'm sure, probably won't feel as like, ah, you know, we just threw this on our live television that we kind of look at as a primary station. TBS is a lot. Is going to be a lot more lenient, even with Blood and God. So if you thought that was going to change, I mean, they they can do more. I it's a win. It's a win. It feels kind of like a loss, because, again, this is just coming from somebody who used to watch a lot of TBS. It's just a lot of reruns. So it just kind of feels like a station that was never really producing anything, so maybe now it'll but change But I feel like this is the opportunity to yeah. have a nice mutual relationship where it can elevate AEW by giving them their own platform, but it can also put TBS back on the map by... Right, and, and for those who have gone back and said history is told, you know, history is TBS, and yeah, that's history. The last time a relevant television show was on TBS was like 30 years ago. I mean, because wasn't very relevant toward the end of that tail end there. I mean, it had a six-month window of Thunder because I watched them all, trust me where it was kind of relevant. But after that, it was irrelevant. So, this is the first real, powerful, relevant wrestling on TBS since before I was born. Station with the same number of eyeballs? Probably more eyeballs? They're they're making waves. I mean, think about it with... You know, think about them, like, linking up with Prudential Center as opposed to MSG. Like, I think this is a way for them to continue carving their own path. Do I think that internally they wanted to move off of TNT? No. I think it's just, it's better to be on television on TNT rather than TBS. 
I, I agree with it. TBS has always felt secondary. But you're right. I mean, it, Prudential Center, you know, it may look secondary to people on the outside. But Prudential Center is actually fantastic for, I mean, Prudential Center was as good as MSG for location. I mean, if people don't know, if they're not from the area, understand that Brooklyn sucks. Barclays Center sucks. It is a terrible place. That was the alternative people. to MSG, right? Before. That's what WB uses. Yeah. So when they go to New York City, they go to Barclays. That's a fucking terrible place. The venue's great. The arena's nice. And getting there from New Jersey. Now remember, we are like six minutes from Manhattan. I can get to Madison Square Garden in two train stops, and it costs me six bucks to what they consider the greatest arena in the world. Madison Square Garden. Me getting to Brooklyn will take me a fucking hour. It's terrible. Terrible place. You alienate your friends out there. You know? So it's like coming to Newark. Newark's close. Newark's a couple of stops. Hey, but a skip from Penn Station. It's the same kind of location. Accessible by both train and car. Hey, yeah. Bus. Anything. Exactly. But you, you come out of Penn Station, it's, it's literally like a hip and a skip and a hop. And you're right there. So it's the same audience as Madison Square Garden. It's a good location. It's cheaper. I'm sure it's cheaper for AEW. Cheaper for ticket sales. Because Madison Square Garden's out of control. Especially since they got two sports teams. Knicks are good this year. But I mean, the, you know, two sports teams that are just terrible every year. And they charge you out the wazoo. But that's irrelevant. Prudential Center is affordable for everybody. It's a good location. It's in basically the heart of New York City, in, in a sense. Even though it's New Jersey. It's Newark. It's right there on the border. You can look right across the river. It's a good location. It's a good location. They're carving their own path, so maybe TBS will be the same way. Yes. I just like the fact they're making more money. They're in a the profit now. They got a lot of guys they got to pay. They can shop this product around. They got I a lot think of hours, the pros lot of right now are very, very, very positive. No matter how it feels, look, this there's is, a lot this of good, good here. Yeah, it's good for them. That it was feels exciting. Like, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, it was, but. The reason why it feels that way is because, you know, they sign NHL and everybody gets concerned and they're like, no, don't worry about Dynamite. Well, now, guess what? They It, it feels like a loss. Like, yeah, you, well, you lose. You're going to TBS. We thought NHL was going to go to TBS. No. Dynamite's going to bring their fans. They're going to have a million viewers. They're going to go exactly the way they are on TBS in the same homes, the same eyeballs. All they got to do is go up a channel. NHL needs life support. They need TNT. But it, it's kind of indicative of, hey, AW's audience isn't growing, though. And that's kind of this freeform podcast thing. Is this, is this a concern? I mean, fan participation, the AW audience, in a way, has been stagnant on television. We, we talked about this. Obviously, the pandemic was unfortunate in so, so, so many ways. But it was like it came at such an inopportune time because they were putting on the AEW. absolute best shows the arenas were so hot january february going into march remember like double or, I, we were blood I and mean, got the the og blood and guts revolution double or nothing so like I that would have been some amazing amazing television and storytelling I, they had the best television for professional wrestling in a very, very long time. And all of a that sudden... That was a short two months. Short two months. Yeah. And they got the rug pulled out from underneath them. So, that and, and, makes it difficult. But, you yeah. know, you come back this full year. They've been advertised heavily during NBA games. They get advertised every single show that you see on TNT. But the audience just hasn't grown. But see, I when COVID first started and, and they had to start doing the empty arena shows um one of my co-workers um in the office had actually asked he's like hey what do you think of wrestling without fans he's like i happened to catch it on tv because i'm the wrestling girl at work and he's like that was just so weird to see and it's like i, I wonder if that from an outside perspective like it, that's not engaging well we'll find out i mean it's a good sample it's a good hypothesis. We'll find out. We'll find out what happens when they hit the road. Yeah. They'll hit the road. They'll have full venues. They'll have loud crowds. We'll see what happens. It's, it's obviously you know, a totally different energy when you when you have a full arena and that live audience, live show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting. I'm so used to it now without fans there. It's going to be weird to go to back to a full you crowd. Watch some old wrestling shows and it's like, holy shit. It feels like another life. You know, but 
We'll figure it out, but we have more predictions to do, Ash. Yes, back to the double or nothing. Um, AEW Women's World Championship, Hikaru Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker. I think this is as money as it gets. Dr. Britt, baby. Yeah, Britt, Britt, Britt Baker's going to win this. I, you can't really skirt around it. No, Hikaru but Shida's this had is... the title almost now as a placeholder for so damn long. We're doing on Friday, uh, Friday Night Dynamite, a Hikaru Shida honor and appreciation because she's had the championship for what we're, we're eclipsing a year so yeah i mean that that time has come it's it is time for the dr brit dmd aew women's world championship run and we are fucking ready well i hope that this doesn't happen again and i don't mean it for Britt baker i mean for hikaru shida I hope that this doesn't happen again when it comes to a championship, but I don't like this, where you go like six full months and you're completely irrelevant. You're barely getting television time. You're barely getting wrestling matches. Yeah, It's it's like this was... Ikaru Shida had a very good run. She defeated Nyla Rose. It was a big build-up for that double or nothing last year. She had a good summer. She had great matches. She had a bunch of matches with Thunder Rosa. I mean, they was, this was good. She built up really, really well. She had a match against Abaddon. She was a strong champion. And the past six months, she's done absolutely nothing. Now, I know you had that little tournament that had the, the Japanese women and the American women going at it on different brackets, and, mm-hmm. and you had Ryo Mizunami who won that, but Ryo Mizunami was never going to beat Hikaru Shida. It was irrelevant. So it was kind of this, like, man, Hikaru Shida, this is a title, a women's championship that was just off of television for six months. It's not Hikaru Shida's fault. She just happened to be the champion. Yeah. So it was, you know, I, I instead of doing this elongated title run, Maybe next time you move the belt to somebody else. This this is our weekly It's one of those things PSA, where PSA move the right. titles. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a weekly PSA of move the titles, but it's one of those things you kind of look back on and go, you know, all right, well we did it once, we made a mistake. Didn't like the way that that turned out, so bull because you don't want to make a Carl Sheeta irrelevant for 6 months. She's a, a valuable asset. She's one of the best oh, women sure. on the roster. Yeah. But that's what happened. So it you know you learn from it, and you do something different going forward. But, I mean, this is Britt Baker cut and dry. She's the best character on television. She's almost the best person on the roster right now. She's she's just on fire. Uh, this is... I'm super, super pumped. Um, I think we all have very high expectations, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to be met, if, if not exceeded. Um, but this feels... This feels right. We're finally here. Another highly anticipated match is the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks versus Mox and Eddie Kingston. I'm going to take Mox and Kingston because little does anybody really think about the Bucks have had the belt for like seven months. Full gear, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they've had a long reign, and there's no reason they can't get it back, but FTR is heel. And I really want to see Mox and Kingston versus FTR. FTR's pretty pissed right now that they yeah. haven't <laughs> haven't been in the and title I, I picture. I think Mox so. and Kingston are the kind of team that doesn't have to have it very long. Agreed. So it's kind of like, hey, why don't we go to all out belts back? I'm going to take Mox and Kingston as well. Um, I think this is an instance of give the people what they want. We've been clamoring for this this title run i mean their chemistry is undeniable but like you said they don't need to hold it long where else are they also supposed to win it because as much as i do love their chemistry um we have so many other tag teams that we don't necessarily need them to be a long-standing right I mean, picture you know, in moxley the tag is division a, is, a, is a singles competitor i mean moxley's their star right? yeah if you still think about it i mean kenny omega's been good moxley's their their star so i mean john moxley's gonna be relevant, getting him something with Eddie Kingston cutting great promos. I mean, they'd be hilarious. The I, think, team I think it would be a great the faces, great the little faces run. right now. Yeah. I think they're doing some really, really good stuff. And I think tag team titles ahead of them. Good summer the mocks would be, that'd be fun time. I agree. I agree. On tour. That'd be great. They stole, they stole the shoes last week. So which buck wore it best? But this is a prediction show. So which buck will wear it best Uh, is the better question. (laughs) So, Nick, 
his headband game just I, keeps. I think when you look, <laughs> actually, better. I think when you look back at history, you have to lead with the trend, and you have to say, well, it's obviously going to be Matt Jackson, the person who wins most weeks. I anticipate that the favorite going into Sunday's pay per view has to be Matt Jackson. Nick Jackson is the underdog here. Look, well, I, I'm a gambling, I'm a gambling woman. I'll you saw his headband last odds week. Out of this world, out of, crazy. Yeah, he Come takes fashion Sunday. risks. But yeah, but he doesn't have a dangly feather. Luke Gallows, big LG. You never really, what you don't if if Gallows is going to be on pay per view with these guys. Oh shit! You don't know what's going to happen. He's not a part of this though. But actually, no, 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 no. he's already he's already injected himself. You injected him. No, he listened to the podcast. He goes, "Well, fuck them." I'm obviously going to get involved here because if anybody's going to wear it best, it's me. Okay, so Gallows showed up, stole the spotlight. He posted some picture in his pool with dangly and something. I, I saw that. Saw that. I, I loved it. With a bucket hat. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ash, Gallows might win this whole damn thing. I, 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 I can't. But say. nobody, but nobody's been denying it. You know, on Twitter, we have a lot of interactions. Metal Michael, Pippin Road, all you guys. No one's denying that the big LG did not win that week. My girl, love you, make twenty four. Jackie, she, she, she agrees that this is not about the big LG. But if consistent, if like you know, consistency comes and the big LG consistently delivers the best on-screen aesthetic product, which buck wore it best? The big LG. It be, it'll, it won't be which buck wore it best. It's you know which buck can beat LG. <laughs> it might not be feasible. LG might be the winner. It might be just the incumbent. It might just be a battle against Luke Gallows every week. <laughs> oh, dear. I Lord. never thought I'd fucking say that about Festus, but I mean... I'm, I'm glad that you're cycled. giving him some love, though. all the way around. I, I do enjoy me some big LG, and I'm glad that you finally, like, come around to us, but... You can't deny it. Look, you can't deny it. Sometimes you see something, you just know. And when he walked out, you're like, oh, fuck, well, he wins. Uh, you said You're that. like, no, Nick Jackson, no. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my God, Nick Jackson, no. And I'm like, Ashley, no. Stop. <laughs> you're kidding yourself. You're selling yourself. You're lying to everybody. LG. No. Moving on. <laughs> AEW World Championship Match. Triple threat, Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I know Rich has very strong thoughts about this one. Oh, I wonder who you're going to pick. Pac. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, um, listen, I would be down for that, but I'm going to take Kenny, obviously. Yeah, so Kenny Omega obviously is going to win this. Uh, maybe it'll turn into something at the end of it. Maybe we'll get like an angle to set up at the end of this thing or come Wednesday. No, oh, it's not on Wednesday this week, is it? Friday. Friday again. No, like the week after. Oh, no, I thought we were back. Maybe, no, I thought we weren't. I thought we were on Friday again. I don't know. Now, the finals are going to happen soon, so I don't know how this shit's going to work. So, you guys let us know. Yeah, fan participation. When is the AEW Double or Nothing Fallout show? I thought it was another preemption, but... I don't know. So, that's a main event of a pay-per-view somehow. It's going to charge you 50 bucks. Get your wallets ready. I have to pay for the show this yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. I'm standing on my laurels here. I am. I'm I'm standing my ground. What was what was Matt Hardy's old theme song? He slaps tornadoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm standing here. I'm slap tornadoes. I'm not giving up. So I do hear though that the AEW general manager game will be dropping, we which s- is actually PvP. So I guess we, like, challenge each other based on our, like, rosters that we build. Oh, this is not mobile? This is, like, an it's actual... Mobile. Oh. But I think you can add friends. This could be cool. I'm, I'm kind of down for this. It's a mobile game, but you can add friends. And I think you compete, like, your rosters, your shows versus their shows or something. I don't know how it's going to work. Let's but fucking go. Kick your ass. Beta testing's available. Don't know if it's still open. You can look at Aubrey Edwards' Twitter and check that out, AEW Games. Maybe the beta testing's open. This could be a cool thing, just to no, kind of drop. A, that's could exciting. be a cool little thing going on. Um, but last match 
of the evening that we'll conclude on is going to be Stadium Stampede. Right. Completely forgot. Big pay-per-view card. I, I saved it for card. last. So, again, I, I questioned two weeks ago whether or not we needed another big build match after the Blood and Guts big build match. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into that again, but I, I'm actually going to take... I think the Inner Circle needs to win this because I feel like the Inner Circle is always on the losing end of stuff. Well, if they lose, they have to disband. All right, so then they're going to win. They got to win. I like the Inner... I mean, you... Yeah, because, no, no, I, I agree. You know, proud and powerful. If they introduce Trio's titles, which is kind of the thought now that Rampage will be dropping on Fridays, you have guys like Sammy Guevara and proud and powerful Jake Hager, proud and powerful... What are these guys going to do? Not Sammy, not, P, not, not PNP. I don't mean that. Like, what does Jake Hager do without the Inner Circle? Like, I mean, I don't... Like, that's like... What the fuck is Jake Hager going to do? Well, there's also... There's just obviously strength and faction, so I feel like... AEW would be at a loss without them right now. I, I I agree. I mean, I think that they're gonna win. I think they need to win. I think it's good for Jericho. I mean, Jericho's been putting guys over left and right. This is something. This inner circle needs to kind of climb back a little bit. I wouldn't mind if Jericho eventually got a title match again. I'd like to see him do it. I'd like to see Jericho do something here. Obviously, this stuff's been valuable. It's been important. It's been good stuff. I mean, Jericho always has great feuds, but. Quick side note, which actually is going to transition to the second part of the show, but we are watching AEW Elevation, and we have Ren Narita in action. But you didn't predict who you thought was going to win. Oh, I'm going to take the inner circle. Okay, now Ren Narita on television against Royce Isaacs. I love Ren Narita, and this is very exciting. I remember Ren Narita from two years ago in the best of the Super Junior Tournament when he was still a young lion. He was something that, that was for the injured... El Desperado? Or was he just... Uh, no, it was... I think he substituted for either um, El Desperado or... Was it Flip Gordon? Oh, yes. Because Doki and... Uh, Doki came. Uh, and I like Doki. I was a big fan of that. Well, that was our... Um, like, our real first introduction to New Japan. Uh, first big tournament that we watched. And we were so impressed with Ren Narita. Best um, of the Super Juniors was very good. Best of the Super Junior yeah. 2019... So that was that was quite a treat, and it's been really awesome to see him grow on his young lion journey. And now he's doing his now he's doing his excursion at the LA Dojo, and he's here in AEW. And is an excursion really the LA Dojo though? I think so. Like why? I don't know. It's the same company. New Japan of America. That like breaks the rules of what's Listen, happening. Listen, I is take it no, up. Ren the Ring is always going to be a young lion. He's never going to get out of the black trunks. No, he will. We'll come to AEW. You see Shooter, the inner circle. Shooter with his Death Riders jacket. That also has to happen at some point. Wholesome. I, we need it. We need it. Shooter's going to be Tanahashi 2.0. We need to get him here in AEW. we got to see him on live television. American audiences need to be introduced. Imagine like people who don't know about Mox and Shooter. Like, that's his son. It's <laughs> like, sad. If you don't know about that, it's sad. It's the most wholesome, wholesome shit ever. He just um, took Shota and decided that, you know, okay, you're with me now. And just literally, like, literally just took him physically. Embraced him. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> you're with you're, me now. And, but he gave him the Death Rider jacket, and that was, like, quite the moment. Uh, but we're proud of Ren Narita. I don't know if Rocky Romero has wrestled yet on this show. Uh, we, we started it in the middle, but we're going to get some Rocky on Elevation as well. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Forbidden door, cool guys. Stuff. This but is that, really that awesome. But that leads to the IWGP heavyweight title being vacated. Yeah, so that's... Which is kind of the big conclusion here, because it's a big conversation. Who should be IWGP heavyweight champion? Nobody. Shingo Okada. Takagi. That's not how you spell Okada. Shingo Takagi. Tamatonga? Listen. But that, you know, obviously that's terrible news for, for Will Ospreay, um, having to vacate the title due to, to neck injury. Right now, New Japan's in some trouble, and you yeah. can kind of feel it. And it's they had to know, cancel like, some shows again with the with the yeah. virus, and um, it, it's trying been to build a up the open patch. the open never wait title. You vacate this one. What they decide to do with it, I don't know. You got Dominion coming up in June. I, I believe it's still booked for June. So you got Dominion coming up. I mean, they're gonna have a vacated title match. I don't. I don't know. 
you have options. I mean, John Moxley, you have options. Lance Archer, you have American options in terms of AEW if you want to do something across those lines. You have Kenny Omega, you have options. You have Okada, go you, f- you always have options. Go full belt collector, Kenny Omega. It, you can always put the belt back on Tanahashi, nobody complains. No. Jay White's the open neverweight title, so uh, that's kind of, you know, you, you want to do that again? He is the title? He is the belt, yeah. <laughs> he is the belt. So I don't know if you want to do another one of those, like, you know, double belt things, but, you know, Ibushi only had the belt for a two months, a month, so, I mean, you might as well give it back to him, too. I mean, he, you have a lot of decisions you could do here. You can leave it vacated. Is the G1 going to happen in July? I mean, you could do the winner of the G1 as the champion. I mean, you could do all kinds of things. You could, you, they have a variety of options. They did, they did a nice job uh, when they came back last summer of kind of em- embracing the, embracing the circumstance and, and taking an untraditional approach and, um, you know, seeing who, who stepped up and, and shined in the circumstance, like show when Yo unfortunately got injured. So it, it'll be, Interesting to see what happens here, but I just feel like it's just one thing after another after another. They might need a little bit more of AEW right now than ever before. A little cross-brand interjection. Kind of get people talking about that positive note rather than some of the negative notes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, we'll see. You got some of the guys in Impact. I know that Finn Juice just lost the belt. Yep. ELP challenged for the X Division title. Apparently match was great. Yes, ELP was there. Uh, Kojima is going to be there this week, I believe. Right. So, I mean, maybe this some of this American translation stuff, kind of this, like, you know, we're, we're translating some of these, like, feuds that are happening, some of these, you know, this, and into, like, kind of the American audience home, or kind of, like, we're bringing it over here. So it's like, if we can get some of that, maybe, well, it's like, maybe that'll help them a little bit. Let's make this, like, about us. Like, let's work together and... Put some eyeballs on the product a little bit better than what you got going on. So maybe it'll make a lot of people there feel better if there's if there's unrest in the locker room or whatever's going on. You know, it is what it is. Ren Narita got the win! Young Lion. Okay. That's exciting. I don't know if Young Lions are really Young Lions outside of New Japan, though. He's also on his excursion right now, but... A win for Ren makes me happy. No, but it'll be interesting. It, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things come together. Uh, I agree, though. I think the AEW New Japan uh, partnership right now is much needed. And now we've got Rocky Romero versus JD Drake on AEW Dark. AEW Elevation. But with that, you know, it was kind of a prediction show. What will come after it type of show? We don't know. We don't know. You know, you can talk about what, what's going to come after these matches, what's going to come for Kenny Omega. I mean, it's probably just going to be whoever wins that battle royal. You see what you want to do. We talked a little about Moxley Kingston, talk about what the inner circle. I mean, we don't really know, right? Right after Double or Nothing right now is kind of question marks. We'll see what direction they're going to go in. A lot of conclusions happening here. So we'll see kind of where they want to go. And, and obviously, we'll see what happens coming up with the IWGP title. I mean, we'll see what comes of that. So with that, With that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well, staying safe, wearing your masks, and getting ready for a busy AEW Wrestling Weekend. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, dojoanddynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later, probably next week, uh, with our AEW Double or Nothing recap. Thanks, guys.